Good morning, afternoon, evening, and or night. I'm Ryan. I'm your favorite Daniel. And we are your small town nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Small Town Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things nerdy. Daniel, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Didn't you just hear? I was nominated uh, favorite uh, between the two of us by absolutely no one. That's right. I decided that I am going to be everyone's favorite so they don't have to decide for themselves. Congratulations. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm happy for you. It's, uh, it's going pretty well. My boss gave me some homework to do over the weekend, so that's fun. Ew. Homework for work? Well... I'm on a contract position there uh, to last six months, and if they want me after that, you know, they can buy out the contract and I'll just continue working for them. Uh, so in order for me to stay there, I think that I actually need to understand what I'm doing. I'm working in electrical drafting, and I have a background in mechanical, so I think he's just like, hey, do this Prove yourself. So, you, so you know what you're doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. but Well, that's uh, fantastic. Otherwise, pretty uneventful week. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. How about you? Anything fun happened to you? Um, this past week, not much really happened. I had school, had work. Um, me and some of the boys are getting back into Minecraft, which is awesome. We're we're reworking on our on our server, getting that all coded up, working and optimized. We have a mini game server that we're that we're all working on. It is cross platform now. We have made it so it's cross-platform, so you can play on any version of Minecraft on any device. Well, maybe not mobile, but at least Bedrock and Java Edition, they can all come on the same world. We have uh, Spleef, we have Manhunt, we have Survival Games. We're making all sorts of mini-games and all sorts of maps, and it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm kind of heartbroken that no one has talked to me about hopping on, specifically I you. Mean, you can hop on if you want. You, you haven't told me when you're playing. Or anything well, like I didn't that. know you were interested in playing Minecraft. You never have been in the past. It's Minecraft. Who doesn't want to play it? That's good. That's a good point. I'll send you an invite next time we're all hopping on. Damn you right can you get will. get absolutely demolished. All right. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, other than that, nothing nothing too eventful. Cool. So how about oh, we... Uh, other than oh. other than, you know, saw Black Panther last night. Oh, yeah, we did do that. I saw but we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, so, we'll talk about that in, like... 10 minutes first you have some nerd news that you have to talk about yeah so i just went back on an account that i follow and uh brought up some of the stuff that seemed a little bit more interesting from this past week to talk about so we're just gonna really breeze through this uh first things first studio ghibli and lucasfilm are working on a project together not sure if that's going to tie in with star wars uh, i think that they did per not percy jackson that's later uh, I think that they might have done Indiana Jones, uh, there's Willow, whatever that is, never watched it. Uh, but yeah, Lucasfilm has a lot of movies. Studio Ghibli uh, did stuff like Spirited Away, so it should be a, an interesting crossover. Not sure what to expect there. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, um, moving on, y'all ever watch The Office? I have. Yeah, you know the guy that plays Dwight? Yes, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, yeah. He changed his name for some reason. And it's his quite the name. Yeah, his name is now Rainfall Heat Wave Extreme Winter Wilson. I love that. I 
think it's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I would love for him to be in a movie or a TV show, and that's the name they put on the movie posters. <laughs> Just that entire uh, name. No, that name is the movie poster, and then where it would normally have people's names, like at the top or at the bottom, that's where they put the movie title. Yes. Yeah. So wh- why did he change his name? I think it's some kind of protest against climate change or something like that i don't know i don't really care all right it's just someone in hollywood that wants to stand out they all do it eventually yeah i suppose they do i i wouldn't have picked up that it's on uh climate change i mean i suppose with the rainfall the heat wave and extreme winter but uh i don't think that's really gaining any yeah i think a lot of people are just seeing (laughs) it and thinking wow he's kind of an idiot that's something Hollywood people do, I suppose. Yep. So. Uh, otherwise. Bravo. Just a few other things. Uh, there's a Harry Potter series being talked about at HBO. Nothing's definitive. Don't even know if it's going to be, you know, considered heavily. It's just something that they're talking about. So there's that, I guess. If you like Harry Potter, get excited. Ooh. Or maybe not. Yeah. It could be. It could be terrible. It could be. It very well Which could be. Which would be a shame. I mean. The Fantastic Beast movies got worse over time, so yeah. I wonder if they're. If, I wonder if they're um, talking about the Harry Potter series because Percy Jackson series is getting made. I would not be surprised. So they're like, you know, Percy Jackson and Harry Potter are, are kind of closely related, and both both main characters are pretty similar in a lot of aspects, and they both kind of target the same audience. They both kind of target with the 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 orphan kid who finds a magical world and magical powers and becomes the hero and the chosen one. I would like to say really quick, I think they have slightly different audiences. They might have the same intent. They They might have the same intended audience, but I think Percy Jackson is uh, more so picked up by people that are, I don't know, maybe early to late teens and people probably in their low to mid twenties. Whereas Harry Potter Seems like it's mostly middle-aged women, at least from my experience. I mean, that's not my experience. Maybe it is now, because Harry Potter has been around for, like, 20 years. I think when Harry Potter was first released, it was that middle school, lower high school aged people that it was targeting. And I think that's the audience that it captured. Now that audience has grown up. And it's been 15, 20 years since they started reading the books. So now the people who are still, like, super into Harry Potter are either the pretty obvious nerds or the as you say the middle-aged women percy jackson's a little bit more recent it's only like 10 15 years old so those middle schoolers are like early 20s so i think they target the same audience it's just the audience for one is a little bit older and a little bit more weeded out i guess but yeah i think they both aim that uh middle school, lower high school target audience. Anyways, another series that's happening, uh, we're moving on by the way, another series that's happening is some kind of spin-off Indiana Jones show at Disney Plus, and I wish that they would not do this, just because... I don't see the, I don't see the point th- of it. I don't see the point either. They need to come up with some more original ideas instead of just spin-offs for everything. Yeah, just let the franchise rest. Yeah. Make the last movie as a cash grab or as a capstone, if it's good, and just put it to rest. Be done. It would be ideal, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, another Disney Plus series that we've talked about before, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, has cast Eric Andre in some kind of role. That's it. That's an interesting choice. Yep. Uh, I only brought I it up because be. I only brought it up because he is a very weird guy. And Wait, isn't he already in the MCU? As no, well. no, 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 no. He, uh, Eric Andre, he's in that uh, comedy interview thingy. Yeah. And I'm thinking of his counterpart in that in that show. Oh. Who's his counterpart? Do you know? Because he's in I don't Spider Man. Yeah, I don't know his name, but he's one of the teachers in Spider Man. Yeah. It's like the gym teacher or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, speaking of Percy Jackson, uh, Hermes has been cast, and it is Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame. And that's it. That's all we got for nerd news. That's some nerdy news. Yeah. It's a pretty light so week. wonderful. Light week in terms of news, but heavy week in terms of... Reviews. Major release. Yes. Major release just came out. Black Panther Wakanda Forever officially premieres today as of a recording, but early showings yesterday. That's when Daniel and I both saw it. We did both see it. We have thoughts. I haven't heard Daniel's thoughts. Daniel hasn't heard mine. Um, So really quickly, non-spoiler thoughts, Daniel. Uh, I think that the most important thing that this movie did is that it handled the death of both the character T'Challa and of Chadwick Boseman very well. It was very respectful. Uh, they didn't, you know, try to recast him. They didn't CGI his face for any cameo or whatever. The, hey, no spoilers, I said. I, does that really count as a spoiler? I think it could. I don't think so. Whatever. Okay. I, I think that the, it was very well done. They were very... Respectful? Yes. I already said respectful. I was trying to think of another word, but... That's that's what it was. It was double respectful. It was doubly respectful. Uh, Good job. Outside of that, um, even though I think that they spent a lot of time trying to make Namor, Namor, however you want to pronounce it, a more appealing villain, uh, I don't know. He definitely had some more background than a lot of other villains in the past, but I, I just didn't. Uh, I think that they could have done a lot more with his character. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Um, for my non-spoiler thoughts, really quick, I thought it was a good movie. I think it's one of the better of Phase Four. That's not a very high bar, though. <laughs> it's not. I would put it obviously below No Way Home. Obviously, yes. That's um, nothing. Nothing will beat No Way Home of for a while. Movies. I would put it around uh, second place with Shang Chi. I don't know which one I prefer more. Um, I have only seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever once, and it's recent, so I don't want to put it in second place and then have it be a recency bias thing. Um, So I'd have to give it a week or so and then watch it again, and then I'll have a more for sure answer. I think it's either second or third place in Phase 4. I thought it was a a pretty good movie. In terms of the greater MCU, it's probably in the upper half. I don't know if I like it more than the first. I'm leaning towards yes. But it's also a very different movie than the first. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Definitely worth a watch. Definitely better of the of Phase 4. It ended Phase 4 with a high note. Um, and then going into spoiler reviews. So spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. If you don't want to hear spoilers, thank you for listening. Goodbye. See you next week. Not see you. Listen. Whatever.
Yeah. We'll we'll into read spoiler your ear holes th- next yes. week. That's what it is. Into into spoiler thoughts, kind of touching on what you said about Namor or Namor as he pronounces it. Namor, it's pronounced by everybody else. I thought he was fine. I wanted more from him though. I think that's one of my major criticisms of this movie is that I wanted more Namor. Now, it, which is weird to say because it's like a two and a half mo- hour movie and he was in a lot of it, but I wanted more. So I think the actor, I don't know his name, but he did a... Uh, Tanakh Huerta. Sure, him. He did a phenomenal job with what he was given. He's mm-hmm. obviously yes. talented, uh, but I think that the script just did not give him all that much to work with. Uh, it, well, it was the same thing being driven home over and over again. Uh, you know, he's really old. He's a mutant. By the way, he's a mutant, in case you didn't know. Um, yes. And he wants to protect his people. Those are, like, the only three personality traits he has. So I'm not, like, a huge comic book reader, and I don't know much about Namor from the comics, but I do know he's much more of an anti-hero in the comics. And he has a lot more of, like, villainous, like, trends. Like, he does pretty brutal extreme things just because that's who he is and i felt like in the movie he was kind of more he was a little gentle at times like especially at the end with the the final battle between wakanda and talakan he just kind of he conceded because he knew that's what was best for talakan but i feel like again i don't really know namor from the comics but from what i'm from what I'm hearing, that feels like a little bit too gentle for what Namor probably would have done. It's almost too nice. And if you're going to make Namor the the big villain of the movie, I would have liked a little bit more brutality out of him. And also the whole thing of him killing uh, Queen Ramonda and Shuri blaming him. Like, yes, he caused the uh, water explosions to go off and she drowned that way but it's not like he held her underwater or he stabbed her he just flooded the palace and she decided to save riri over herself so so yeah that, I that was i guess a selfless thing for her to do whatever but i think that yeah they were, it's a pretty good mirror comparison mm-hmm. whatever it's very similar to uh Black Panther's story arc in Civil War. So, you know, Zemo blows up the UN, and ultimately he kills uh, his father. What's it? T'Chaka? T'Chaka. Yeah, I guess I haven't even really thought about that. Yeah, so they... they, Yeah, continue. So Zemo kills T'Chaka, and Black Panther is filled with vengeance, and he tracks Zemo down and uh, is ready to kill him, uh, but then shows mercy... And is like, vengeance has consumed you, it has consumed me. Or them, I'm done letting it consume yeah. me, whatever. That's that's my uh, yeah. Black Panther impression. And then it's virtually the same thing, almost identically the same thing. Like, hey, Namor, you killed my mom. Uh, I'm done letting vengeance consume me. Yeah. I think that she might For actually the, say yeah. exactly that. For the sake of both Wakanda and Talakan, they kind of put aside their their anger at each other. Not that Namor really didn't have that much reason to be upset with Wakanda. Other than Wakanda just didn't want to stop 
other people from getting vibranium from places other than Wakanda. No, I think that he was mad because Wakanda opened up their borders a little bit and said, hey, we've got technology and we're willing to kind of help you all learn, get to the same level that we're at. But then also kind of like change their minds like, well, we're not actually going to give you any vibranium because you're dangerous. Yeah, so... Yeah, so what what I was picking up is that he's upset because Wakanda showed everybody that they have all this amazing technology and it's all powered by, by, by vibranium. And everyone believes that they are the only ones with vibranium, so they are searching everywhere for it. And they are going into Talakan territory to get it. But, like, Namor is upset about that, threatens them, kidnaps Shuri and Riri... And then it's like, I'm either going to kill Riri or keep her captive, and Wakanda has to join us in stopping everybody else. Or I'm going to destroy Wakanda. It's like, that's a bit on the extreme side. Which kind of conflicts with the whole Namor being the gentle king at the end. Yeah. I don't know. It, it felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect be- between him being like, we are going to destroy everybody or I'm going to destroy Wakanda. And then at the end being like, you know what? It's better if we just kind of like meet in the middle here and just be, be nice. Yeah. Speaking of, by the way, what were your thoughts on the scientist as she gets called like 80% of the time throughout the movie? Um, honestly, I didn't mind it. I thought it was going to be a little either forceful or a little cringy. But her dialogue, especially when they first meet her, it felt more, uh, it le- like it felt like our generation talking without it being super cringy the way Shuri was in the first Black Panther. What are those? Exactly. It didn't have those kind of cringy lines, but it felt like someone our age or a little bit younger was talking, which I appreciated. And I also liked how they didn't necessarily force that she is smarter than either Shuri or the brilliant scientist we've had in the past. Cause they kind of almost did that with Shuri in the first black Panther and in infinity war is that they compared her to Bruce and Tony and then just elevated her above them without really any explanation. And Riri wasn't necessarily like that. Like she's obviously been working for like, 15 20 years on some of these projects and is starting to make some headway and then it only was it was only when she got to wakanda with their expert technology that she was able to make like a fully functional iron man suit or uh, iron heart or make suit. some of these iron heart suit but it's essentially like an iron man suit yeah i mean what are your thoughts uh so i will say she had probably the one of the most realistic reactions to hey uh you're coming to wakanda yeah. It's she does not want to go just because uh she's in school or whatever. She's got she's got homework. Uh yeah. And uh she needs to call her mom. She needs to call her mom. I it it felt realistic. It wasn't like, "Hey, you need to come to Wakanda otherwise someone's going to kill you." She's like, "Oh yeah, okay, instantly whatever." I don't know. It just felt a little Yeah. I don't even know how to say it, but you get the point. Yeah, it was a realistic reaction to something that major happening. Yeah. Um I yeah, she seems like a very uh accurate 
representation of I'm not going to say all of the youth nowadays because not everyone behaves exactly like that, but it's yeah. an accurate representation it, it like, of yeah, a lot of a, them. a lot of people that are I think 19 years old. She said she was, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. What about her suit? What do you think of the uh, Ironheart suit? Um, I will say that the CGI on it did look good, but it didn't look necessarily realistic. It yeah, it ended up being too clean. Uh, something that they could have mm-hmm. done to make it look infinitely better is add some smudges some scratches something on it to make it look a little bit more used instead of a toy that just came out of its plastic casing see my the iron heart suit has the same problem that i thought the iron man mark 50 the nano tech uh, the infinity war suit head yeah the infinity war one which to a similar um degree the end game nano tech suit it was too rounded and too clean for me at least i'm talking about the iron man suit here i was used to iron man having a little bit uh, of some sharper angles and it being feeling more mechanical and then the the nanotech suit was just so organic and so fluid and smooth it just didn't feel like iron man and then the iron heart suit had that similar aspect where it was almost too clean everything was too perfectly fabricated and it just felt almost too perfect. And like you said, it, it felt like a toy fresh out of its box. Yeah. Which I guess in an aspect it was. It's the first usage of it, but, but I don't know. Even after five minutes walking around, it would have had some dust or mm. smudge or something on it. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of, just since you brought it up, um, I am 90% sure that... Iron Man suits peaked around the Age of Ultron uh, Civil War time. Uh, it was yeah. it was very nice and smooth. It still had a little bit of bulk to it that you could tell that they were individual pieces that were all fitting together mm-hmm. to make this suit. Those were beautiful. And yeah, I, those were beautiful. But I, I can also respect them going for the nanotech look. Everything nice and smooth, mm. but eh, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily for me. Yeah, it, it's a nice little... Uh upgrade but it just didn't have the the same heart of iron man and iron heart is almost a little bit too i don't know yeah but i don't know if you saw the uh, i don't know if you saw the set photo from the iron heart uh shooting for the the series not the black panther movie but um, i have not yeah so she's in a at least the upper half of her body's in like a physical suit that looks a lot bulkier. You'll have to look it up when we're That's done recording. Nice. Um, well, yeah, because she doesn't have the that suit anymore because Shuri's keeping it. Yes. Uh, be- probably because it's made of vibranium Vibranium, or yeah. Vibranium pieces and that technology they just can't allow anyone outside of Wakanda to own except for Sam Wilson. Well, I are his wings made out of vibranium? I mean, yeah, they stopped the helicopter crash. Huh. I guess I haven't they watched, just were like, I haven't you watched know Falcon what? Winter Soldier since it came Sam out. Sam Wilson, you earned it. You can keep it. Oh, well, I suppose that does make sense. I mean, it's Captain America. If no one's going to try to take, well, people are going to try to take his tech, but it's harder to take his wings than it would be to take a 19-year-old college student's um, billion-dollar flying exosuit. 
Yeah, and the- also Bucky has his vibranium arm. True, but they're also. I'm gonna guess mid thirties. They're experienced veterans. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Plus, as far as they're not uh, nineteen. As far as Sam Wilson goes, he had the mantle of Captain America passed down to him from Steve Rogers himself, and exactly. he had a vibranium they shield. They earned think, it. Yeah. He it was earned. Yeah, they earned their uh, their vibranium. Everyone else didn't. Let's see. Um. Yeah. Is there anything else worth saying about this? Quick. Um. Oh. Uh. When all the about Ironheart. Oh, I was just gonna, I was just gonna talk about like everything in general. I'm trying to think of just everything that happened in this movie. Uh, the introduce mm-hmm. introduction of the Telekonians, the Atlanteans, the sea people, the sea people, the waterfolk. Yeah. Uh, their the introduction was very well done. It was yeah a little bit unnerving, a little bit spooky. Yeah, the haunting, like singing them into into the water. Yeah, and just a, I really dug that. a few minutes before then when those two people are diving down into the ocean and it's kind of zoomed out so you can see them descending and everything around them is just black water. Mm-hmm. Great shot. Kind of freaked me out just because uh, the oceans are a little bit terrifying. The oceans are terrifying. Yeah. Which, which I want to... Something I liked about Talakan and the way they portrayed it in this movie versus what Aquaman did with Atlantis is that Talakan is so much darker and so much more mysterious. Whereas Atlantis is so like bright and vibrant and there's light everywhere. And I feel like Talakan's a little bit more realistic. Like they are deep underwater in like underwater caves. It's not bright as day down there in Atlantis and Aquaman. It's just like, it's daytime always. Yeah. Well, maybe and Talakan's not like that. Maybe Atlantis in Aquaman is on like an underwater mountain or something. So it's like no, but like close to the surface. they go super deep in in Aquaman. Like it's like they go down into a trench to get to the secret entrance of of Atlantis. I I haven't watched that in over a year, so I really couldn't say. I don't know. I just like the aesthetic of Talakan being like this hidden civilization that's actually like trying to be hidden. Like, they're in caves, they're deep underwater, it's dark, they have their artificial sun, and that's how they survive, versus Aquaman, which is just a giant neon city underwater. They also, Which is cool. I, I think it's cool that, uh, you know, they went under the water in, let's see, what was it, the 16th century sometime? Yeah. Uh, and back then... In the they, 1500s? Yeah, back then they were basically tribal people they had mm-hmm. very little technology and i, I yeah. think it's kind of cool that their technology hasn't pro- hasn't progressed really advanced that much. yeah uh, yeah it's nice to see some like tribal folks still yeah and it, it's it's funny because everyone like wakanda and um agent ross and everyone was talking about talakan as they are this super advanced, technologically superior country, this hidden country. But in truth, like you look at their technology, it's they they ride on whales, they use spears, they swim everywhere. Their buildings aren't like super technologically advanced like Wakanda. They're basically is. underwater huts. Yeah, and yet they're so powerful just because of their just physiology. Yep, they're just physically superior, and they just are 
better at being hidden. It's that kind of like hidden mystery that we don't know what they are. We know they're powerful, so we we just kind of assume their technology is like super advanced when it really isn't. They're just better. Yeah, I think that the only somewhat advanced technology that they have in the entire thing uh, is those like water bombs and yeah the little water bombs and their little breather the breather things that allows them to breathe water out of the water and when they put one on shuri i guess she was able to breathe air underwater yeah but i, I th- well think that's so they they use that to breathe when they're on the surface and then shuri uses it to breathe underwater so i i'm assuming it just pulls oxygen from whatever is on the outside and just makes it breathable for the person. So for sure, it pulls it from the water, and then for them, they, it pulls it from the air. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, but it's weird. It's cool, but it's weird. Well, speaking on the physiology of the Talakanians, I don't know what they're called. The the water folk. I know it's only been like five hundred years, but why do they still have like feet? Like if the the herb the the not the heart shaped harp heart shaped herb but the the equivalent that they ate gave them like not necessarily gills but like ability to breathe underwater and swim and stuff why do they still have feet you don't need feet underwater I don't know it would make so much more sense that they have like flippers or paddles see if I think that uh, you know well obviously five hundred years not a lot of time. Um, as far as evolution is concerned, but if anything, mm-hmm. I would have seen them having some like webbed fingers and toes. Exactly. That like they have like totally humanoid limbs and appendages, but they don't need that underwater. Well, they have blue skin. I don't know. Yeah, but like underwater, their skin doesn't look blue. Yeah, I think that's a really cool detail, by the way. So when they're out of the water, their skin is blue, and when they're in water, it just looks like normal people's skin tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I, I I did like that. It was it was it was neat. That was a very very nice detail. Also, is Namor able to just summon currents underwater? I don't know if that was him summoning them or if they were just there and he just like activated? turned it on. I don't know. Yeah, activated it. I don't. I mean, it would be a cool power if... Uh, doesn't in the comics Namor's able to control water? No clue. I thought that was, like, the big difference between Namor and Aquaman is that Namor could actually control water because, like, they sum- he summoned the, the water to destroy Wakanda in, in the comics, and then in this, they kind of use those, like, water bombs. But, I don't know. I, another question on Namor. How powerful do you think Namor is? Uh, well, like, um, um, man, I'm thinking, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Umbaku said that he's as strong as the Hulk. I don't think that's true at all. I don't think so. Uh, I'd just cause Shuri went toe to toe with him. I'd say it's probably comparable to just a Black Panther. A Black Panther. Except yeah, he can that's also That's what I was kind of saying. Mm-hmm. Which, going on my predictions, I predicted that he's going to be like an avatar the same way Moon Knight is. I'm disappointed that they didn't go that route, but making him like the underwater equivalent of a Black Panther makes a lot of sense in this context. I didn't think they were going to bring in more heart-shaped herbs, but from a different 
from underwater heart-shaped herbs. So that's cool. And it makes a lot of sense that um, his mother ingested it and then it, it, it affected him by mutating him and making him a mutant that way. I like that. Um, but he has such an obvious weakness of if he's out of water for too long, he's just nerfed. Yeah. Um, also, final battle. Brutal. Shuri just ripping off one of his wings. Yeah, just ripping off one of his wings and like stabbing him and just clawing at him. Oh. That's brutal. In fairness, he also stabbed her like straight through the abdomen. So my problem with that is like she pulls herself off. And the spear is just perfectly clean. Yeah, that I I laughed so at that I, in the theater. I had to like I had to like use like mental power to be like, okay, her suit was just closed tightly around it, so it caught all the all the goodies from coming out with. No, it's PG thirteen, so you can't show that. Yeah, so you can't show any blood, but whatever. Yeah, that. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, I forgot. So you about have that. her get stabbed through the abdomen and her pull the spear out. You just don't have any blood at all. I mean, I think you could show a little bit. Also, oh, no. sorry. Uh, something that we talked about last week. Uh, people that we thought might show up. I think that I said Val, or at least something yeah. relating to the Thunderbolts, and you laughed it off. Yeah, I said like, how in the world could she show up? Well, and she did, but I don't see the purpose of why she showed up. Well, she's like the what was she, the head of the CIA or something like that? Well, she was one of she was one of the higher-ups. I thought that whole like kind of like side subplot didn't really need to happen. Yeah. Um everything with Everett Ross just didn't I I wanted the conflict to be between Telecon and Wakanda. I didn't need the US randomly thrown in there. Yeah, instead of showing the US a and and everything uh i'm I'm sure that they did that show so they could show that tensions between the united states and wakanda are high yeah and for them to have a reason to go get uh riri because the u.s government was going to grab her and that would have been an issue and wakanda wanted her first whatever but like you could have just after riri was captured by namor just didn't bring the u.s back into it and you really didn't need everett other than the first scene where he tells shuri who riri is felt like that was the only necessary scene to have everett ross in and everything else wasn't really necessary and having val in it other than showing that she has some kind of manipulation powers in in the cia not actual powers but like capabilities in the cia yeah, assuming I it's the really CIA, I she... do not remember what organization she was um, part of. I mean, some uh, that's who Everett Ross was working with, and they had, like, the CIA jackets on. I don't know if she's part of the CIA, but she's definitely able to manipulate things within the CIA. So Yeah, so she's, like, the director of some kind of uh, government yeah. team. We're, I think that she might be the director of the CIA, whatever. Um, but I'm sure that's... She might be. that's they showed that so that she can show so that they oh my god words are hard i'm sure that they did that so they can show that she has power sort of like uh, amanda waller in the suicide squad for yeah. when thunderbolts happens she can kind of pull some strings and get things to happen that she wants to happen yeah i'm and what about the the revelation that sh- she is a agent ross's ex-wife yeah I thought that was kind of a neat little. I mean, yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat detail, but 
didn't really mean anything other than well maybe it will in the future it might mean something i don't know yeah i don't think it was really a necessary thing for this movie but they must have done it for a reason i'm assuming i'm hoping they did it for a reason um another thing i wanted to touch on what do you think of of, of shuri's like kind of villain arc i i don't know um she was obviously very mad that uh, Namor had killed the last person in her family. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's understandable that she would want to kill him. Um, yeah. Obviously, she came around and didn't. I'm glad that they didn't kill him because Marvel ha- is kind of famous for killing their villains in the movie that they appear in. And they don't really ever get a chance to... Exactly. Killmonger. Although he did come back. He... They did bring him back, and I'm happy that they brought him back just for, like, that one little scene, and they didn't, like, resurrect him somehow. Yeah. I was really afraid when I saw him. I was like, oh, I sure hope they don't, like, bring him back, bring him back. Um, But I'm happy he was just kind of, like, a little temptation thing that Shuri saw, especially because she was going through, like, an existential crisis where she didn't believe in the afterlife and everything past death because she's such a science-minded person that she was having trouble with the more faith-based stuff of her culture. And then when she accepted the heart-shaped herb, she goes into the afterlife, but she doesn't see any of her family. She instead sees Killmonger, who, who kind of corrupts her. He is family. He is family, but she didn't see, like, Ramonda or T'Challa or T'Chaka. Those were the people she was hoping to see, and she saw him. And he was like, you are just like me, and you want revenge right now, and you should go get it. And he was kind of that tempting voice in her head. And then, it, and I didn't pick it up until you pointed it out, but that she was going down the the path that Killmonger went, and then pulled an exact replica of what T'Challa did in Civil War. So that makes me not... Um, dislike the villain arc as much as I originally when I originally watched the movie I was like I don't really see the believability behind Shuri just like going full full uh angry revenge mode I thought it was a little out of character for Shuri especially in the first movie she wasn't like that yeah and then she just went like full like I'm gonna kill you now it makes sense and I see the the fun parallels I still think it's a little too too much but I don't mind it now that I see the parallel. Yeah. Um, something, let's see. We're getting kind of up there in time, so let's, we'll, we'll kind of go quick. Uh, that end credit scene. Um, I believe last week you, I don't know if you said it in, uh, in the podcast, but you said, oh yeah, it might be the, people are saying it might be the best post credit scene mm-hmm. in all of Marvel. Uh, yeah. I will say it was a very wholesome scene. It was. I don't know if I'd say that it's the best in the MCU, but it was uh it was nice. I think I don't think it's my favorite end credit scene just because I'm the kind of person who really likes the interconnections between movies and I really love them teasing new things or adding a little bit of lore here and there. Um but I do think that for the purpose that it it has this might be the best end credit scene in that respect. As in, it's like an emotional capstone to the movie. It wasn't necessary. Like, they didn't need to add it. 
and it doesn't build upon the not necessarily it doesn't totally build on the future mcu kind of lore or story wise it's just a little bit of extra emotional sprinkle on top that really kind of completes um the the emotional state that shuri is going through because at the end of the movie when she burns the ceremonial robes and she kind of accepts the mourning process and she accepts that that um t'challa and ramunda are dead and she kind of accepts that and finds peace with it i think that was a beautiful ending and then having that end credit scene where nakia comes and then i believe her son's name is tusain something like that yeah that's his um that's, that's his like his uh, code name his or something Haitian that they name? called it his name his for Haitian Haiti. name yeah um tusain but it's really t'challa prince t'challa son of king t'challa um i thought that was a really nice little emotional thing because that like shows shuri that she's not alone and that uh she does still have family left she does still have a little bit of her brother left um and i also like that the movie did that because a lot of people were saying that they're gonna they should recast t'challa and i like that they recast t'challa without recasting t'challa like they still have t'challa who can one day if they do like some kind of time jump could become a black panther and be t'challa the black panther without being t'challa the black panther yeah so if you look at some of the lineup we have a lot of potential for a young avengers project which i think would be perfect for this so he he could be a little baby black panther which another thing that this movie does is it doesn't really tell you when it takes place no it does well does it when does when does the movie start like we know it happens after endgame but we don't know if it happens a year after Endgame or directly after Endgame. I believe it's about a year after Endgame. So this would be two years after Endgame. So this is in 2025? E- MCU time? Yes, maybe. Because Infinity War was 2018. Endgame was 2023. So if this takes place... If King T'Challa dies a year after Endgame put in 2024 and then the year later time skip to 2025 or so that's assuming they're all hard years year time skips um if it's fall of 25 i don't know what other projects are happening at that time um but if you give it a good two three years i don't know how old do you think prince t'challa is i'd say probably 10 i looked it up so, um, it looks like it does take place in about 2025. Look at, look at me in my timeline. Uh, how old is, uh, Prince T'Challa, do you think? Um, I don't know. I think Nakia got blipped. I don't think she did. Because otherwise, uh, Prince T'Challa is way too old. I'm assuming that she got pregnant, like, right after Black Panther, around that time Rob. in 20 20 what 17 yep so he's probably so he was a year old when when t'challa got blipped five years would put it at six add two three years he's eight or nine yeah somewhere around maybe i'd say he's probably around nine years old 
which would make sense. I don't know how old the actor is, but he looked. My immediate guess was he was like between eight and ten. Yeah. So that would make sense. So you give it a couple years, and he could be like a young, young Black Panther for a young Avengers, which would be cool. Having, also there weren't more than one Black Panther in this movie. That's something that we predicted. It was it was, was a theory. I don't know if I'd say that it was we a theory. I mean, we said that there were probably going to be multiple. Oh, and speaking of, by the way, uh, I'm the only thing that well, not only thing. There's a few things that. I wasn't a huge fan of, but something that I really just did not like uh, was the lack of Black Panther. I know the whole thing was about Shuri uh, moving on from T'Challa's death yeah. and everything, but the, I think Black, like the actual Black Panther, was only in the movie for maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah, I think I th- I don't know. Forty-five minutes might even be a little bit too much. No, I mean like I think it's more like I, th- I think she probably took the herb about 45 minutes left in the movie. Maybe. I don't and know. then yeah. actually like Black Panthered it up for 30 that uh, I would say that makes sense. But yeah, like other other than that um fight scene with the final fight scene with with Namor and then the boat side fight sequence, those were the only two fight sequences I think with Black Panther in it. Yeah. So, that was a little bit of a letdown just because it's it's called Black Panther. But yeah. I guess it's um, subtitled Wakanda Forever, so... Um, side side comment. She didn't... Shuri didn't show up for that waterfall ceremony thing. Does that mean that she's not queen? Or not the Black Panther anymore? Huh. That's... Because M'Baku showed up, and it was like, she will not partake in this ceremony or something. I don't know. I guess when it happened, I thought he was maybe fighting on her behalf. But I suppose you could do that. I, I, I don't. I don't really know, know how this ceremony works, so I don't know if she's like relinquishing the title, which I guess would work because Prince T'Challa, Prince T'Challa would be next in line. I I think I I don't know how Wakandan politics work or the hierarchy, um, or if. Um, Shuri's just going to be like, no, I don't want to be queen. I'll be Black Panther, but I don't want to be queen. Or if, yeah, if it's just kind of like a stand-in, like, Umbaku's like, yeah, she's not going to fight, but she's still our queen. I'll fight for her. If that's kind of a situation, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that there's going to be people that are going to watch this movie like 12 times and are going to come back and say, this is exactly what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Um, unless you have anything else, maybe we should get onto the performance predictions that we predicted and see how those yeah, so, are aligning. Uh, we, I think that we were pretty accurate with what we, uh, what we predicted. We weren't far off, which shows the power of these graphs. Math. Math. Well, two of the scores were pretty close. One score was a, a little bit off. Yeah, so... Our prediction for we'll just shoot down the middle for all of these because we gave it a yeah. high end and a low end. Uh, mm-hmm. So our prediction for IMDb was about a seven. Came out right now, at least as I'm looking at it, is at seven point four out of ten. Our high end was saying seven point two, so we weren't too terribly far off there. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as Rotten Tomatoes go, our 
uh, our prediction. Our graph prediction. Yeah, our prediction for the critic review was 85, and right now it's sitting at 84, so we were, like, on the money on that. And then... The graph doesn't lie. Yeah, and then for the audience reviews on Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes, that's plural, uh, we predicted it would be at 84. Uh, that's where we were off. It's sitting at 94 yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So audience was much higher than we expected. Our high end was an 86. And getting a 94 audience score is mind-blowing considering Black Panther got a 79 audience score. Yeah, so the audience liked this one a lot more. Uh, personally, I think I might prefer the first Black Panther, but still, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I don't want to say that this is the reason why audience score is much higher, but I feel like it's much higher because people are uh, kind of viewing this as a symbolic mourning for Chadwick and rating it so highly because it's that kind of um, symbolic movie for him. Yeah, and the whole thing, um, it, the, the entire movie kind of came across as a tribute to Mr. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Uh, the intro... Uh, Marvel Studios logo, whatever, was all it, Chadwick. It was all Chadwick and Black Panther. I won't lie, that I, I did tear up a little bit there. I like that it was silent too. Yeah, kind of a very mourning kind of thing. Um, I think the audience score being high for this is the same way how the critic score was really high for the first one. I think the critic score was really high for the first one, not because it was that great of a movie, but because of what it represented being like the first all black not necessarily all black but primarily predominantly black produced and starred superhero movie um for the mcu so i think it got a really high critic score because of that and i think this is getting a really high audience score because the fans are associating it with chadwick's memory which neither points are necessarily bad i just don't i wouldn't give it the same score for the same reason so, so yeah, speaking of scores, let's uh, let's do that. Ryan, uh, how many how many panther claws would you give this out of ten? Is um, that what do you say? That's the uh, best. Yeah, thing we could to go. Oh. We could we could go panther claws. Okay. Heart shaped herbs. How many heart? Yeah, that's you know that's better. How many consume? how many heart shaped herbs would you give Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Out of ten, I think. Off of my first watch, I think I'm going to sit at an eight. All right. Yeah, I was thinking about seven and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking eight just because I don't know what I gave the rest of phase four. It's definitely not like a nine or a ten because that's saved for like the best of the best, like No Way Home. No Way Home was at least I, a nine, nine and a half. I'm really hesitant to give anything a ten just because I don't think anything's perfect. And the movie that I give a ten is the standard that I compare everything else to. So if I if I say the Lord of the Rings trilogy is a ten... And how to train your dragon is a ten, and I compare everything to those. Nothing's gonna. And compared to those, nothing's gonna live up. Exactly. Then these are more like an eight, and I feel like this is around even with a Shang Chi, which I probably gave like a seven and a half or an eight. So I would say maybe an eight first first time watching. Probably a little bit of recency bias, but also maybe maybe not enough has sunk in yet. So. Seven and a half to eight, I think, is a respectable score for this. Right on. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, 
No, I well, I think you already answered the question. Did you like this better than the first one? I think I prefer the first one. Um, I don't know. It just felt a lot more coherent. This one was a little bit all over the place. There were scenes in Wakanda. There were scenes in Talakan. There were scenes Talakan. in the United States. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, what I'll say is I have to give huge props to Ryan Coogler and everyone who worked on this movie because they – they had the impossible task of making this movie without the main actor and the main character. And I would never want to be in their shoes trying to write something like this. So the fact that they made something that worked and that was in its own right emotional and beautiful is mad props. I will agree. I think the first movie was more co- cohesive. Um, but I think that's just kind of the hand that they were dealt with the first movie being having all the pieces and this this movie missing its lead piece. So for that, I have to say that this movie did it really well. Yeah. I might agree with you, though, that the first movie is probably better. Yeah, so that, that's just our thoughts, though. You're more than welcome to disagree of with course. us. Our thoughts, our opinions. And if you do disagree with us, uh, you know what? Yeah, reach out to us and let us know why. And I'll tell you where in just a minute. Thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. Uh, Really, really do appreciate it. Um, If you do want to reach out to us and tell you what you think of the movie or say that you disagree with something that we said or point out a fun detail that we missed, you're more than welcome to, and we would really love it. Uh, Our email is sttpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at smalltownnerds, all one word, spelled exactly how you'd expect. Uh, Yeah. So please reach out. Let us know what you think. Or let's be honest, of the three people that listen to this, I think two of you uh, uh, just know Ryan and I on a day-to-day basis. So just reach out to one of us. Uh, I'd also like to say thank you to I Fight Dragons for the use of our theme song, The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth, off the album Kaboom. It is a great album, great song. Everything that band makes is fire, at least in my personal opinion. Uh, Yeah. Ryan, am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Cool. Well, hey, thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next week, and uh, don't die till then. Bye! Bye-bye. Bye-bye.